Hey everyone, I'm Phil Albertelli, and this, of course, is The Week in Doubt, a podcast for atheists, agnostics, and whoever. And I guess we'll call this episode 347, 346 being last week's epically long, unscripted episode on animal welfare. Hopefully you all survived that. And uh, I have a couple of small corrections to make regarding that episode. But first, while we're on the topic of episode numbers, uh, I wanted to follow up on the issue of the strange numbering that was appearing in front of the episodes in the iTunes feed. If you remember, I was numbering the episodes myself, as I've been doing for years, but suddenly these conflicting numbers started appearing in front of the episodes, causing confusion for both myself and some of you in the audience. It turns out I was right. Apple implemented a new policy where they don't want podcasters putting episode numbers in the titles. And so possibly in response to this, Podbean added a feature where you can add episode numbers via a tag, and it was turned on by default, unbeknownst to me, causing conflicting numbers to appear in the feed. So I've got that under control. I figured out how to turn it off or how to add my own numbering. So mystery solved. And it could be a coincidence, but since figuring that out, I've noticed the number of weekly downloads spiked up again and pretty much returned to normal. So that's good. So on to the corrections. And I was conflicted as to whether I should even issue these corrections because it would mean invoking some of last week's graphic, dark, and disturbing subject matter. And I was hoping to give you guys a break from that. But I think it's important to issue corrections and to clarify things. So, uh... Buckle up, here we go. So last week while discussing the very disturbing topic of animals skinned alive on fur farms, I mentioned in passing how I had seen video of a partially skinned beagle which had escaped, and I think I was conflating things in my mind or making assumptions, and I said I thought it had escaped from a fur farm somewhere in Asia, but I think it was actually just a result of a case of wanton animal cruelty here in the States. There was a recent story in the news, well, dating back to this past October, about a beagle in Missouri that had supposedly escaped its enclosure while its owners were away, and some reprehensible shitbag skinned it and was, uh, and the dog was later found walking around. I think initially stories were saying it had been rescued and was recuperating, but sadly later reports say the dog ended up being euthanized. So that may have been the animal I saw in that YouTube video I happened upon. And there was a related mistake. I was talking about wild foxes and other animals on Chinese fur farms suffering from what's called cage madness, where they basically start to go insane from being kept in these tiny cages and resort to endless pacing, head weaving, and even self-mutilation. And I made it sound like these were animals that were caught wild, and in some cases that may be true, but often these are quote-unquote wild animals that have been bred for generations in captivity. Maybe I'm being nitpicky, but I thought I should offer that clarification. And I think the animals I saw skinned alive, sorry already for all this you know, dark talk, in those animal rights documentaries may have been raccoon dogs a kind of canid native to East Asia that resembles a fox. 
I was reading about fur farming practices in China, and they mention leaked footage that depicts what I described seeing in those documentaries. I probably shouldn't read this, but I guess I will since it matches what I described so well. The video shows raccoon dogs being beaten with sticks and thrown against the ground in an attempt to stun them before being hung from their rare legs and skinned alive. In another film, a worker begins to cut the skin and fur from an animal's leg. The animal is still alive, breathing and kicking. The free limbs kick and writhe, making it difficult for the worker to cut the skin from the animal's body. The worker stamps on the animal's neck and head. One investigator filmed a raccoon dog being skinned alive before being thrown onto a heap of carcasses. After the skinning, the animal still had enough strength to lift its bloodied head and stare into the camera. Several local Chinese animal welfare groups have reported these cruel practices as commonplace. Sorry to put you guys through that again. Uh, one silver lining is that it seems there's a lot of good, compassionate people all over the globe calling for the end of fur farming. And in some places, the activism and the protests have paid off, leading to the, uh, the abolition of fur farming in some places and the institution of reforms regarding the treatment of the animals and the conditions they're kept in and others. Like I said in the last episode, I think killing animals for fashion should be done away with completely. It's a moral abomination. I was going to go into some of the stuff that I stumbled upon while fact-checking myself, but I probably already put you guys through enough. So uh, let's now segue from the horrible things people do to animals to the horrible things people do to each other. Not much of a respite, I know, but hey, what are you going to do? But if you're, uh, if you're wired like me, you might be more bothered by stories of animal cruelty than stories of cruelty to our fellow humans. Uh, I've always felt a little conflicted about that. On the one hand, I'm like, is, th is there something wrong with me? I feel more for members of other species than I do for my own. But on the other hand, you know, animals are so innocent and childlike and cute, it's easy to feel bad for them. Whereas humans, they come with a lot of baggage and it's complicated. But, but don't get me wrong, I still feel bad for people who are victimized, and in fact, that's why I'm sharing this story. So this story comes from the New York Times, it's dated January 29th, it's entitled Three Leaders of Filipino Church Are Charged with Running Human Trafficking Ring. Administrators for the Kingdom of Jesus Christ arranged dozens of false marriages so workers at a fraudulent charity could stay in the United States, prosecutors said. Am I the only one who found that funny, the part about uh, administrators for the Kingdom of Jesus Christ? Because it kind of sounds like they're not talking about a church, they're talking about people who work directly for Jesus. But anyway, let's continue. Three leaders of a megachurch based in the Philippines were arrested on Wednesday in California and Virginia on charges that they ran a human trafficking ring, one that the Justice Department said had arranged for dozens of sham marriages in the United States to support a fraudulent charity. The arrest coincided with raids at a Van Nuys, California compound of the Kingdom of Jesus Christ and other church properties in the Los Angeles area and in Hawaii by federal agents who first started interviewing victims of the alleged human trafficking ring in 2015, the authorities said. Uh, the three leaders, and there's no way I'm 
you guys know how I butcher names. This is like an extra challenge. I'm not even going to try to uh, pronounce these names. But the three leaders, names skipped, uh, brought church members to, to the United States under false... This is like a heavy story. I'm sorry. I'm chuckling. <sighs> brought church members to the United States under false pretenses often telling them that they were invited to be special guests at a concert supporting the church's ministry, federal prosecutors said. But once the church members arrived in the United States, their passports were immediately taken away by the three church administrators, who then forced them to collect donations for the Children's Joy Foundation, a nonprofit run by the church that claims to help impoverished children in the Philippines, according to a criminal complaint. The church raised about $20 million from 2014 through mid-2019, but most of the money went back into the church's coffers and to pay for luxury goods for church leaders that included a Bentley, a bulletproof Cadillac Escalade, an Armani suit, and real estate. The complaint said, <clears throat> The church... <laughs> I don't know why my cadence is off. The church also owns a mansion in Calabasas, California. The workers received little to no pay and were required to meet steep fundraising quotas. Top performers, known as quote-unquote assets, were then forced into sham marriages with other church members or made to obtain student visas so they could stay in the country, prosecutors said. Investigators said church leaders had arranged 82 such marriages in the past 20 years. Those who failed to meet quotas faced punishments that included paddling or paddling or being, they were paddling adults, paddling, well, you shouldn't paddle anyone, but you know what I'm saying, or being forced to spend three to five days in isolation in a walled section of the compound while being denied food and listening to pre-recorded sermons by church leaders, according to the complaint. One victim told investigators that church leaders shaved her head and made her wear an orange shirt with SOS on the back, which stood for Son of Satan. I can't want one of those shirts. Anne M. Wetzel, the FBI special agent in charge of the investigation, wrote in the criminal complaint. Wait, so they made... <laughs> She's a woman and she had to wear a shirt that implied she was a son of Satan? Could they have just changed it to, like, Sister of Satan? Anyway, I mean, I actually feel really bad for these people, but uh, I, I think I'm just being silly and letting off steam. The investigation was continuing, and the authorities were focusing on other people associated with the church, a spokesman for federal prosecutors in California said. And it goes on for quite a bit, but I think that's enough. That gives you the gist. Uh, just another example of people doing horrible things in the name of or while hiding behind religion. Okay, so this next story involves Paula White. And if you're not familiar, she's this big mega church pastor, Donald Trump's spiritual advisor. Still seems weird to me thinking about Donald Trump having a spiritual advisor. He's never really struck me as the spiritual type. He's always seemed like a kind of materialistic, egocentric kind of person. But supposedly he's known her since 2002. But anyway, this is from the Washington Post, and it's dated January 26th, and it's entitled, Trump's spiritual advisor called for all satanic pregnancies to miscarry. It was a metaphor, she says. 
And there's an embedded photo here that shows her with this kind of manic look on her face. And she's surrounded by uh, Donald Trump, two other guys, and a woman. It looks like it could be a still from a very disturbing geriatric Bukaki film. <clears throat> did I say that? I did. Hmm. I didn't want that iTunes clean tag anyway. But <laughs> here we go. A Florida pass... Florida? Did I say Florida? What the hell? That's almost as bad as saying idea. A Florida pastor and longtime spiritual advisor to President Trump says she was speaking in metaphor when she recently prayed in a sermon for all quote-unquote satanic pregnancies to end in miscarriage. In video on January 5th sermon posted by... Lib Is that like Fra did Frankenstein write this? In video on January 5th sermon. In <laughs> Is it the amitriptyline? I'm going nuts. In video... In video of the January... Okay, I read it wrong. It's partly my fault. In video of the January 5th sermon posted by the liberal advocacy group Right Wing Watch, televangelist pastor Paula White breathlessly calls on Jesus Christ to, in quotes, command all satanic pregnancies to miscarry right now. We declare that anything that's been conceived in satanic wombs, that it will miscarry. It will not be able to carry forth any plan of destruction, any plan of harm, White said before an auditorium of congregants. As of Sunday morning, the clip, which, which was just under two minutes long, had been viewed more than 2.5 million times. White's words are largely being interpreted literally that she wishes for evil women to have miscarriages, but she shared a rare response to the criticism in which she explained that she was speaking in metaphor, praying for evil plans to be foiled in her congregants' lives. I don't normally respond, but clearly this has been taken out of context, White tweeted Sunday. I was praying, and she references Ephesians 6.12, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, anything that has been conceived by demonic plans for it to be canceled and not prevail in your life. It says Ephesians 6.12, according to the King James Bible translation, reads, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And I have to say, even though I don't believe in the Bible, literally, I doubt a, a higher power in afterlife, sometimes I like the kind of, <laughs> I, like, I like the lore and the wording of uh of the Bible. That's powerful stuff. Principalities. Uh, anyway, after watching the clip, Andre Gagne, perhaps, a theological studies professor at Concordia University, an expert on the Christian right, said White was probably speaking in metaphor when she called for the miscarriages. He pointed to a book by a Nigerian evangelist, D.K. Alokoya, probably butchered it, that describes quote-unquote, satanic pregnancies, and then also, in quotes, the plans that Satan has against a person's life. According to Gagne, or Gagne, <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm just get, I'm thrown in the towel as far as pronunciations go at this point. White is commanding that Satan's plans be aborted. Still, many observers recoiled at White's remarks. So Paula White wants everyone at White House to know she is praying for abortion, tweeted Jennifer Gunter, an obstetrician and gynecologist who writes a column on women's reproductive health for the New York Times. 
No pregnancies are satanic. Every child is a gift from God, tweeted James Martin, a prominent Jesuit priest. No one should ever pray for any woman to miscarry. No one should ever pray for evil or harm to befall another person. Jesus asked us to pray for our persecutors, not to curse them, to love our neighbors as ourselves. White did not respond to a request for comments since Sunday morning. The 53-year-old megachurch pastor who recently joined the White House Office of Public Liaison as a religious advisor delivered the remarks during a sermon in which he inveighed against a variety of forces, including anyone who sought to harm Trump. So I'm actually willing to give her the benefit of the doubt that she really was just employing a metaphor. But it's easy to see how people could take it the wrong way. And it really was this kind of lurid imagery. We declare that anything that's been conceived in satanic wombs that it will miscarry. Yes, yeah, so, uh, kind of dark, morbid, lurid, you know what I mean? But, you know, I can walk and chew gum. I can be willing to give her the benefit of the doubt here. But at the same time, at the end of the day, still think that she's batshit crazy. My guess is she's probably part true believer, part money-grubbing charlatan, what the exact uh, percentage ratio is. I don't know. But the audios, and I'll actually include the video for the uh, YouTube version, the, the clip is under two minutes, so I might as well just play it for your uh, listening or viewing entertainment. And if any of you have seen The Rise of Skywalker, do you remember that little guy who was working on C-3PO? I think his name was Babu Freak or something like that. And he goes, hey, hey, listen to how she starts, <laughs> how she starts out. Hey, 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 we interrupt that which has been deployed to hurt the church in this season, that which has been deployed to hurt this nation in the name of Jesus. Forgive us for our sins. Come on, I need you guys to pray. We cancel every surprise from the witchcraft in the marine kingdom. Any hex, any spell, any witchcraft, any spirit of control, any Jezebel, anything that the enemy desires through, through spells, through witchcraft, through any way that is manipulation, demonic manipulation, we curse that. We break it according to the word of God in the name of Jesus. We come against the marine kingdom. We come against the animal kingdom. Any The woman that rides upon the waters, we break the power in the name of Jesus. And we declare that any strange winds, any strange winds that have been sent to hurt the church, sent against this nation, sent against our president, sent against myself, sent against others, we break it by the the superior blood of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus we arrest every infirmity affliction fatigue weariness weakness fear sickness any self-righteousness any self-serving action God let pride fall let pride fall let pride fall let pride fall in the name of Jesus we command all satanic pregnancies to miscarry right now we declare that anything that's been conceived in satanic wombs that it'll miss carry it will not be able to carry forth any plan of destruction any plan of harm that is a whole lot of bad shit crazy and i guess i'll leave it there uh, as always thanks for listening guys uh you know the drill you can like the facebook page you can follow the show on twitter you can check out the youtube channel maybe you're doing that now if you'd like to support the show monetarily would be much appreciated you can go to patreon.com slash the week in doubt and support what i do here for as little as 99 cents a week a week? No, I meant a month. I wish a week. 
that was a, a very telling Freudian slip. Uh, but yeah, you can support what I do for as little as 99 cents a month via Patreon. Or you can uh, use PayPal. You can go to Podbean and look for the PayPal widget at the bottom of the page. There's all that famous alliteration. Haven't mentioned that in a while. And, uh, you know, make a contribution that way. All right, brothers and sisters, until next time.